You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Welcome back to The Food Code. All right, so this is a super popular topic and most people freak out about the scale and weight fluctuations simply because they don't understand why. And so we have 10 reasons today why you might see the scale bouncing up and down. And I personally take about a two pound swing um, based upon different variety of things. So it's normal and there are things that you just need to understand why it's happening. There's also an infinite amount of reasons that the scale can fluctuate. We're going to cover a few of them. <laughs> um, it, we cannot control it a lot of times. And so we need to stop stressing over it. Um, personally, I know you said you take like fluctuations. My weight legit does not move. Um, I can have, you know, I mean, if I overconsume an excess, mm-hmm. um, it might swing up, but pretty much my weight will stay rock solid through most things um and so i've always been this way you know my body just like fights to find homeostasis yeah i take like last week i was on my cycle and i was down a couple of pounds i mean this week granted one of the things we're going to talk about i increased my calories because i'm in a maintenance um week but um yeah i just depending upon like my bowel movements, but that's a really big deal for me because I don't go every day without a little bit of support. So if I have a day that I don't go, that totally impacts it. Um, sodium, I'm really sensitive to a lot of sodium. So I can tell immediately if I've had something in a restaurant that has too much, I start to get puffy and hold water. So, um, you know, it's not every single day, but certainly there's times where I will swing around and bounce around. So, um, yeah, so I'm excited. Let's, let's dive in. What is our tip or trick? So we are going to talk about when you travel, some things that can help. Um, and we've talked about this in a previous podcast, mm-hmm. but we're just going to cover it again. Uh, we really love the first form Optigreens. Liz also takes the reds. Um, I have not tried the reds yet, but I, I love the Optigreens. I take them daily. Um, I do feel that they help me go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I'm the same with Liz. I'm pretty sure I have some thyroid things going on that have be- never been diagnosed. Um, I've always struggled with like not going to the bathroom as regularly. Um, and but, so but your tests are normal. Oh, but my tests are normal. But my doctors won't test the other things because I don't have any serious symptoms I, I you, need, you know what guys sometimes you need to lie to your doctors okay you need to make them test things and tell them that you're not sleeping and tell them that you have no energy <laughs> so here's the thing at the end of the day i always tell my clients like you're the paying customer yes i am very nice about it but i am very stern about like this is what i want run and if you're not willing to do this for me then i can find another doctor that mm-hmm. is because baseline thyroid labs tell us nothing. Yep. Like literally nothing. They're useless. And so getting more in-depth lab work is very, very beneficial and testing it more than once a year. Yeah. So anyways, that's a a different topic for a different day. And we are feisty guys. We have had a feisty week with some tough love. No kidding. This has been a, you know, this week has been just a lot of needing to have tough conversations with people. Um, but also a lot of breakthroughs Yes, and a lot of huge breakthroughs. 
And this is why we do what we do. You know, I posted last night on my Instagram. I was exhausted yesterday. I was not looking forward to our webinar last (laughs) night. I was just tired. And then I got that email from a client and we had some really big breakthroughs Mm -hmm. uh, emotionally and mentally. And, you know, she even said her therapist that she saw for some of this stuff never even asked her questions that I've asked her or made her think differently about these things. It just started talking about blood sugar impact and, you know, how food is chemically balanced and digested in the body and literally paid zero attention to why she's binging and why she feels like she needs to cope with food. So anyways, I mean, you guys, and we talk about this all the time. Not all doctors are bad. Not all therapists are bad. Not all registered dietitians are bad. We refer out to these people all the time, but we are not lying when we say that a lot of our clients come to us and have been to a registered Mm -hmm. dietitian. They've been to a therapist. They've been to a doctor and those people have failed them in situations. Not listening. Not listening, not digging deeper, not asking all the questions that need to be asked to get to root causes of problems. Yeah. They basically say, are you really eating enough? Or are you overeating? Yeah. Like, are you really eating the calories that you've tracked in your MyFitnessPal? Yeah. Like they basically blame the client or the patient like something is wrong with them and that they're not trying their damnedest to lose the weight. Or just giving them a template or a meal plan and saying good luck. Prescription. Yep. Here's like a prescription. Here's a medication. Yeah. There's some stats. We'll have to do a podcast all on thyroid because there's some really alarming statistics about thyroid diagnosis yes. and um, how many people have conditions that are going untreated. Exactly. So anyways, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, so those greens, take them uh, when you travel. Yep. Double dose. Yep. Uh, so I mean, it's just a germ fest when you're in an airplane yes. or public setting and especially with the coronavirus right now. Like, yeah. I know we're going to San Diego in a couple of weeks. We will be drinking them greens a couple times yeah. a day. And Liz and I were just talking about this before the podcast. Like so many people we're talking to and working with are sick right now. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood. I have a child that's in daycare, germ pool. Mm-hmm. I work at a gym, another germ pool. Mm-hmm. I rarely get sick. Mm-hmm. Rarely. And I attribute it to the fact that I am getting a lot of vitamins and nutrients in my body on a daily basis through my food, through greens, through supplements. And I think my body works for me then. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's so not you take care of yourself. It's not like the person at work came to work sick and they should have stayed home. No, guys, you need to take care of your body, too. Mm-hmm. It is not always someone else's fault. Sometimes. Yes, it is. But most of the time you need to be doing your due diligence to keep yourself healthy. Yep. And we will do an episode on top supplements for feeling sick. Like you have mm-hmm. the common like cold coming on with yeah. something um, and in food nutritionally, because I know we tend to gravitate towards carbs yep. or just want crackers, um, but we need actually to keep a good amount of protein and to support our gut a little bit. So yeah, yeah, we'll do a podcast on that. But purpose of this is weight fluctuations on the scale. So number one, sodium and hydration. So we have been talking a lot about your need for water and increasing your water intake because it helps you flush out toxins which also cause sickness, um, side note. Um, but it just helps so many functions in your body and it is vital. 65% of our body is made up of water. Yes. So we need to hydrate. Or it should be. It, yeah, it should, should be. be. If yes. you have a really high body fat percentage, usually it's not 65%. Um, but sodium and hydration are in this because they're basically, you know, they're an inverse relationship. Your body will try to find balance with extra water being pulled into your cells, AKA bloating, um, when you have high sodium intake. So for example, you're going out to eat all weekend, you're eating at a lot of restaurants, even if you're picking healthy things, guys, unfortunately, restaurants use a crap ton of salt in their food. That's why it's delicious. Okay. So when you're eating out a lot or you're on the road a lot, 
you're going to be probably bloating a little bit more because your body's trying to regain the balance of sodium and water in the body. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to retain more water because you're getting in more salt. And so you bloat. So if you weigh yourself after a weekend of eating almost every meal out, of course your weight's going to be up because your body's retaining more water. It's not necessarily body fat. Yeah, totally. And the daily maximum I would say for people is about 2,300 milligrams. Mm -hmm. Unless you're on a super high intake and you're gaining um, or focusing on muscle gain, you really want to limit your daily sodium intake to about 2,300 milligrams. I try to minimize it as much as I possibly can because I eat one ingredient whole foods. That's how you minimize it. I was going to say, guess how you minimize it. (laughs) You eat whole unprocessed foods. (laughs) Packaged foods, even shakes and bars and stuff like that. Supplements. All those things have lots of sodium in them. So All right. So that's number one. Number two is travel. So fun fact, when we travel, our cells actually expand a little bit between the pressure in the airplanes when Mm -hmm. we, you know, go up into the air and then we come down. So if you've ever gotten off a plane, you feel really swollen. I legit feel like the Michelin man when I get off planes. (laughs) I feel like a stuffed sausage. I can't get my rings off. My feet are swollen inside my shoes. Like I feel like someone tied my shoes tighter. I just... so, so this, bad. This reminds me of coming home from Hawaii when I was pregnant and I oh. literally looked like I had no ankles. And I was like a sausage in my socks just trying to like <laughs> <laughs> anyways. So travel will be another indicator because mm-hmm. tying back to number one, you are holding water. Yep. Um, and so it's just really important. Don't weigh yourself the day after you get home no, from vacation. I give myself at least a week buffer after yeah. vacation if I'm weighing myself at that time and, and that point in my life. Like, yeah. there's no need, guys. Don't torture yourself doing you that. You know how you feel when you yes. get home. You feel puffy. Maybe you didn't poop while you were on the road. You feel like you've been sitting. You haven't been active. Not in your normal workout routine. Yeah. Even if you exercise on vacation, I will argue to my death, there is nothing like your home workout versus travel workout. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, unless I got to go to a gym with, like, all the weights and all the tools yeah. that I love, like... I work out better in the gym totally. with people and I'm competitive, yep. right? And so and anyways, I digress. <laughs> Number three, bowel movements and fiber. Uh, so Liz and I talked about, neither of us have ever been super, super regular with bowel movements. We have to make sure we're on top of taking in enough fiber and our greens and getting and in enough yeah. calories. Um, if you are not going to the bathroom regularly, guess what? You're storing more of the food you're consuming in your intestines, Mm -hmm. in your gut, in your stomach, all of those things, and you're not excreting it. So you're going to weigh a little bit more. Mm -hmm. It's not, again, it is not body fat. Like all of these reasons are explaining why the scale going up does not mean that you gained body fat. Sometimes, yeah, it could. But most of the time, it is due to one of these reasons. And not going to the bathroom is probably not the best day to weigh yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you are going to have times where you get backed up, you feel it, you feel that like hard in your mm-hmm. stomach and you're basically like Becca said, you're just holding more mass, yeah. you know, inside of you. And so a couple of things besides the greens and drinking water would be magnesium. Mm-hmm. So magnesium will pull water into your bowels to help you pass the waste uh, and excrete it. You can also take products called aloe lax max this is a natural laxative made from aloe and you can get it anywhere amazon vitamin shop you want to start with a lower dose of it because it is intended to help you go to the bathroom it's for constipation Um, otherwise you can also drink aloe water which you can get that at different stores yeah i used to drink that when i was in college yeah so aloe aloe will help with that if you find that you are backed up but you should be going to the bathroom pretty regularly if you're eating enough fiber drinking enough water it is not normal not to go 
every day. Yeah. You should be taking in females around like 25 to 35 grams of fiber a day. Males somewhere around like 30 to 40 grams of fiber a day. Um, Again, depending on how big you are, depending on how many calories you're consuming and your goals with whatever you're doing in that point in your life. Um, But if you don't know how much fiber you're taking in, track it in my fitness pal for a couple Mm -hmm. days. Like it'll tell you fiber. It'll tell you sodium. It'll tell you all these things that we're talking about. So if Mm -hmm. you're completely unaware, probably a good idea, especially if you are one of those people that we've talked about that doesn't like vegetables. I'm talking to you guys out there, okay? Vegetables like the and fruit crowd. are a huge source of fiber that yeah. we need in our day, okay? All right, number four. So workouts and muscle gain. If you have had a very, very intense workout and you're really sore, you will hold a little bit of water. Your yeah. body is going through the repair process. Mm-hmm. So you've done some micro tears to your muscles as you are lifting, depending upon, you know, what you're doing. And so your body is trying to repair itself. It's yeah, going to pull water into your muscle, yep. pull water to pull nutrients, all those things. And mm-hmm. so you're just going to, that's the idea of sw- when you're sore guys, it's essentially low level inflammation in the body. Mm-hmm. It's the same idea as like, I mean, at a high extreme rate, that's where, you know, um, rhabdomyolysis happens where you're literally breaking this, you know, breaking the protein tissue down. Um, that's dangerous, but what will happen is swelling. And so you're basically doing low level swelling in the body. And we all know swelling equals puffiness. Inflammation. So even if you aren't noticing like puffy, you're just sore. There is a low level of inflammation going on in the body, meaning you're going to weigh a little bit more. Yep. All right. Number five, time since last meal. So we've talked about this before. It does not matter what time of day that you eat. Mm -mm. If you're trying to lose weight, what matters is your overall intake and that you're in a calorie deficit. Conversely, if you're trying to gain weight, if you are in a calorie surplus, the time of day is not as important. That said, if you eat dinner normally at 6 p.m. and you weigh at 6 a.m., you've had a 12-hour fasting window. If you ate dinner last night at 8 p.m. and you weigh at 6 a.m., you've had 10 hour fasting window and therefore your body might not have processed or you might not have excreted or going to the bathroom like you normally do. So time since last meal will impact because it's yeah. what is in your body, what's yep. sitting in your stomach and volume yep. of food. So that will definitely be an indicator. What I would recommend is that if you have a night where you don't sleep well or you do eat later, just skip weighing yourself that morning. Yeah. Like I never weigh myself and this will kind of bring us into the next one too. I never weigh myself on the mornings that I wake up at 3.45 a.m. to coach because I probably ate dinner at eight o'clock like we normally do. Mm-hmm. I've had like seven hours to actually process food. Yep. So um, and sleep, which is our next one, causes cortisol to rise if you have not slept enough. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you're, you're basically creating a low level inflammation in the body because you're stressing the body out because you're not getting proper sleep amounts and in turn you are going to weigh more because mm-hmm. your body is trying to retain water um, to respond essentially to the low level of inflammation. Yeah. Our number one goal of our body is to chase homeostasis, to protect ourselves and keep us alive. Mm-hmm. And so often people think like the answer is to do these crazy restrictive fad diets and they don't realize how damaging it is to yep. our body. And so you need to sleep, you need to hydrate, you need to give yourself the good nutrients and the proper fuel if you want your body to run optimally. I always say like, think of it like a car. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you want to put gasoline in it, you don't put diesel in a car that takes unleaded and expect it to run very long, right? So it's the same way. If you're eating shit all the time, you can't expect your body to function optimally. And all of this stuff, guys, this is so much intertwined going on Mm -hmm. between all these things. Like I sleep less and my body's, you know, 
basically inflamed because of the high cortisol. I'm craving more things. When I get less sleep, I don't go to the bathroom as well because now my body's stressed. And when you're stressed, your digestive system takes a backseat because your digestive system is a secondary system to your body. It is more consumed with you, you know, pumping blood all around the body and your brain functioning and your lungs breathing. And so your digestion system is not a primary, yep. you know, concern of your body at that point. Yeah, so but then you're craving those things. So totally. you eat sugar and garbage. And, and then so, I retain more water. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all intertwined and it can really be a clusterfuck. Totally. Um, because you literally aren't sleeping. You've got inflammation and now you're adding on inflammation from other foods that you're putting in yep. and you're not drinking enough water. So mm-hmm. you're not hydrated. I yep. mean, your body is not functioning at all optimally. I've had people that actually start drinking enough water and lose a lot of weight. Yep. Don't change anything else, but they just start drinking enough water. And yep. now your body's able to perform functions how it should have been able to perform all along. You're excreting more things because guess what? Peeing and pooping excretes excess hormones. It excretes a lot of toxins from the body. It excretes a lot of things that shouldn't be in our body consistently. Mm-hmm. And so if you're peeing like twice a day, guess what? You're not excreting very many things. You're not detoxifying the body as it should be detoxified on a day-to-day basis. So we need to make sure that we are giving our body what it needs to be able to accomplish these things. Yes. And fun fact, when you drink more water, you spend more time occupying your mouth. So that's less time putting candy and other garbage in it. You're getting more steps because you got to go to the bathroom more and you're spending more time away from food. And so (laughs) it's like a beautiful thing. Like if you don't know where to start, just start by drinking enough water. Yep. Yep. And I don't even have to go down this road because Becca will go on a rant and a tangent about it, but just drink the damn water. Guys, come on. It's water. <laughs> All right. Okay. Time of the month. Yes. So this is for the females out there. Mm-hmm. We know that the time of the month, you just need to stay away from the scale when Aunt Flo is in town. Yes. She is not friendly to your waistline. You're probably bloated. You're probably craving things. You're fatigued. Your hormones are all out of whack. And you're moody. Yep. You might get on the scale and start bawling your eyes out. You just never know. Yeah. So hormonal changes during your period essentially can cause weight gain by increasing water retention. So right before your period, estrogen and progesterone, which control how your body regulates fluids, um, they, they fluctuate. And when these hormones fluctuate, the tissues in your body accumulate more water. And the result is water retention, like we've been talking about. Um, puffiness in your belly, your boobs, your extremities. Um, and this increases body weight, not fat. Yes. Okay. So we know we feel real fat around our period, but you are not fat. Okay. And also guess what? When progesterone rises right before your period week, you get hungrier because when progesterone rises, you're hungrier. I always notice this the week before my period. I'm ravenous, right? You just like can't get full. Yes. So we actually have a full blog on what to eat around the period time Mm -hmm. and like the phases of your cycle because there's a couple different phases throughout the month. Um, And we talk about strength training in there as well. What are your peak times to be going for PRs? What are the times that you need to kind of just tone it down a little bit and understand that you, you know, 10 pounds feels like a hundred pounds and that's okay. It's normal due to the hormonal fluctuations in the body. So the next one here is alcohol. So let's just give you this scenario because we all know the scenario. You go out for a night of drinking, you've had a little bit too much wine, you wake up the next morning and you're like, whew, I got a little bit of a headache because I'm dehydrated, but I'm kind of feeling lean. Like, yep. feel pretty good. Let's go out for brunch to get rid of this <laughs> hangover <laughs> or whatever it is. So you you weigh that morning because you feel yep. lean and the scale is down. You're like, magic, I lost two pounds. It must have been that one. I should drink all the time. I know, right? <laughs> 
But Monday morning comes and you get on the scale again and you're up three pounds. So or more. Or more. Right? I've had such bad. Oh my gosh. When I used to be like really lean and I had a horrible relationship with food and I would restrict for months and then I would have a binge weekend and I would drink two bottles of wine. I would eat pizza. I would feel awful. I would fluctuate six to eight pounds. Crazy. Because my body was just so not used to that. Yeah. Um, and so you can see crazy fluctuations, guys. Crazy. And it's all dehydration, right? Because your body is pulling totally. the water out. Because you know, And so it's just one of those things where if you're going to go out and you're going to have a night of drinking, understand that the weight the next morning is not your actual... You're dehydrated. You're dehydrated. And anytime we're dehydrated, it means we have less water being mm-hmm. held in our body and you're going to weigh less. Yes. Same thing like when people do keto and they cut all carbs and they lose all this water weight. They yep. think it's just because they... carbs which brings us to number nine which is carbs and calories beautiful segue so you guys carbs make us retain water in our cells this is not body fat this is water that our body needs to pull in nutrients to absorb and digest nutrients and guess what carbs are not bad for you okay so when you're consuming more carbs for every gram of carb your body retains about three grams of water Mm -hmm. okay so if for whatever reason you've increased carbs recently or you've increased calories you will retain more water due to that food. But it is not fat. It is not fat. I'm not telling you to go eat all the bagels and bread and you're just holding on to water weight. No, if you're in an excess of calories, yes, you will gain body fat. Mm -hmm. But if you're just simply eating a bit more carbs, like maybe you had a more carb-dense dinner the other night versus the night before you had a salad, yes, that is going to impact your weight because your body will be retaining more carbs more water from the carbohydrate intake being a little bit higher. Yeah. So I'll give myself a perfect example. Right now I bumped my calories up. And when I do that, I increase my carbohydrates Mm -hmm. by about 40 to 50 grams because I'm in a maintenance restoration week right now. So of course I know I am going to hold a little bit more water. I'm not going to feel maybe as lean, but when I go into a cut next week, it's a beautiful thing to see that, you know, you come down, but then you're in fat burning zone again. Mm -hmm. So as we do some of these cycling, if you've listened to our other podcast on periodization or how we cycle in and out of cuts because you should not be in a deficit for more than 12 weeks. Um, That is one thing that you will see during maintenance weeks. Don't freak out. You didn't gain fat. You just have a little bit more water from the carbs that you are holding. So the last thing here, and this ties to if we are in a maintenance week, the volume of food. Yeah. So when we're in a cut, we typically feel hungry. We feel, you know, that we need to go more voluminous with food. So more veggies, um, leaner meats, because we want to feel satiated Mm -hmm. and save some of our calories for other snacks and things. So the volume of food, for example, if you had a chicken breast, that's a hundred calories, but then you have ground bison that's 180 calories with more fat and more protein that is going to be more voluminous and therefore you are going to have more food sitting in your stomach and when you weigh on the scale in the morning maybe you haven't digested everything it's just the volume that you have the actual like plate of food in your stomach i use the example of if you have a cup worth of rice it is very small amount of food and it's about 45 grams of carbs if you tried to eat 45 grams of carbs worth of lettuce, mm-hmm. it would be about seven plates worth of lettuce. The amount of food that you're having to digest and break down and in terms like of weight as well is way more. So you just have more food in your body. Mm-hmm. So yes, you will weigh more because your body has more food in it. It has more weight of food in it. And so when sometimes people say like, I can't eat this much food, I'm feeling really full. I talk to them about density of foods. Like if you're feeling really full and like you just are weighed down by the amount of food, 
let's pick foods like rice, potatoes, quinoa, avocados, things that are going to bring more density um, and probably will make the scale shift a little bit, not because the calories are any different, but just because you're eating less actual food. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So there it is for you guys. Along with a thousand and fifty other reasons that no one will ever understand. Exactly. Your scale fluctuates. So how do we round this out? What should you do? Do you either throw out your scale or (laughs) bring it in half or do you look at this as data? So if you are not triggered by the scale, if the scale is not something that defines you or doesn't trigger you to either overeat or indulge because you deserve it or go further with restriction. If you're not seeing the numbers that you want, if you can view it just as data, then I would say weigh every day and take an average of your weekly weight and watch that average go down or up over time, depending upon your goals. If it triggers you, throw the damn scale away, put it in the closet, whatever you need to do, and just go by how you feel. And I always say like, there's a filter here. Am I going to change my habits or my behaviors or what I am eating based upon that number on the scale? Mm -hmm. It should not be a dictation of what you change. It might be feedback and dictation for if you're working with a coach, how we manipulate macronutrients, if that's a plan that you are on, but it should not change your lifestyle around. I'm going to all of a sudden go on a weekend binge because it didn't move. So what's the point anyway? Or I saw the scale go down and so I deserve it. Right? Like, it should not be triggering you to do either one of those things. So either throw it away or use it as a point of data and take away all the emotional ties. Go off of how you feel guys. It is the best way to know if you feel great, you have good energy. You're not feeling bloated. You feel like your clothes are fitting well. Maybe even take progress pictures if you want. That is going to be the best thing because guess what? Science is great, but science is not always real life. Okay. The data can tell us one thing. We've both had plenty of clients that have lost minimal weight or not any weight at all and look drastically different. So I ask people all the time, would you rather look amazing and feel amazing? Or would you rather the scale say a number and not have either of those things? Because at the end of the day, you want to just feel good. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and that's the only time I ever weigh myself. I never weigh myself. I used to punish myself. I used to get on the scale and punish myself. Mm-hmm. And now I weigh myself maybe once every couple weeks and it's only on days that I feel good. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if, you know, my weight's the same. And guess what? For me, it always freaking is. It's literally (laughs) always the same. So I don't even know why I weigh myself anymore. And just remember, the scale does not define you. Thank you for spending your time with us. We are honored to be able to help educate you and improve your life. If you've enjoyed this, please take a screenshot share it on Instagram and tag us at lsn.coach and leave us a five-star reading and review on iTunes as this helps us grow and reach others. So if you have any questions, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email and we will talk to you soon. Have a great day.